0: at LuckyLandSlots.com,
1: available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Looking at press coverage over the last few days, I think it's pretty fair to ask, what exactly is going on at Liberty University? Hundreds of colleges and universities have sent students home because of the coronavirus. But one
0: university is bringing students back to campus during this crisis.
1: At Liberty University, the dorms and dining halls are open. Students returning to campus from across the country and world. Liberty University is an evangelical school in Lynchburg, Virginia, run by Jerry Falwell Jr. And Slate's Ruth Graham, who covers religion for us, she says that to understand what's happening at Liberty you need to know that this
2: college is about more than just faith. It's kind of the college institution of Trumpism in a lot of ways, especially kind of evangelical Trumpism. What's the college's motto? (laughs) Well, the unofficial motto, which I mentioned in my story last week, is uh, politically incorrect since 1971. I've heard that there was a billboard up at some point with that on it, but I've never been able to find an image of it. So, But it's on T-shirts and things like that. So they really pride themselves on kind of bucking the conventional wisdom of mainstream academia. And even, you know, in some ways really set themselves against mainstream evangelical academia. When it came to
1: the coronavirus, at first, Liberty University had no problem bucking the conventional wisdom. Jerry Falwell Jr., the college president, showed up on Fox News and conservative radio, compared COVID-19 to the common flu. I mean, the, the media's going nuts here uh, because, you know, we were, the, the young people are not following the orders like they thought, well, they, I guess, they were going to follow and, and stay well, inside and hunker
2: down. When we were young, we were invincible. You know, you and I both were, we thought we were. And that's just human nature, and you're not going to change that.
1: Then, after welcoming nearly 2,000 students back to campus after spring break, Falwell seemed to backtrack, saying the campus was locking itself down.
0: What's, What's the rush? Why have students come
1: back
2: to campus in the middle of this? First of all, most of the press reports have been false. Liberty did he was kind of, at this point, and trying to play catch-up and, and make it seem like, you know, we've really taken serious precautions at Liberty. So he said, everyone's working from home. Ruth says she spoke to one Liberty University staffer who watched this
1: TV appearance where Falwell was in the middle of reversing himself. And this person, this staffer, was just stunned.
2: All faculty are teaching from home. And, and the uh, office hours that were required before spring break are now optional for professors. They can do all their conferences with students by phone. And that just was not true. Um, So this employee said, like, I was watching that at work. (laughs) I was like at my desk watching that. Until very recently, Staff members still had to, like, petition their direct bosses for permission, like, special permission to work from home. And, of course, they're all really nervous about doing that because, you know, they're afraid of kind of seeming like they're violating the party line and being more afraid than they're supposed to be. So the message that Falwell is putting out on, you know, Fox and Friends and CNN is really different from the way people are feeling on campus right now.
1: Today on the show... What Ruth learned when she tried to answer this simple question, what is going on at Liberty University? She says institutions like this one, institutions that take their cues from the president, they've been a beat behind when it comes to the coronavirus. And that could be costly. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick with us.
0: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ruth knows Liberty. She's been
2: there before. I spent a few days there, and it's beautiful. I mean, Liberty has a lot of money. They're under constant construction. Um, Actually, a student I talked to last year described it the campus tours as like a cruise ship experience for Christian families. You know, so there's, like, a gun range on campus. and there's, like, all these sports and a, you know, a ski, you know, ski hill and all of this stuff. So a lot of amenities and in a beautiful setting a gun range. <laughs> yeah, you got to have your gun range <laughs> and liberty. It's not just pretty. It's also pretty massive. It has a student body of about 100,000 and 15,000 on campus. 100,000? Yeah. They have a huge online program, which actually makes it so ironic when you're thinking about all this because it's like they are perfectly poised to transition to an online model, you would think. You know, a lot of colleges are just scrambling right now to figure out how to teach by Zoom and all that. Liberty has been doing this for years and years and years. They were way ahead of the game, and it's a huge part of their business model now. Can you just do a real basic 101, like,
1: place Liberty University in the world of evangelical Christianity? Like, how important is it?
2: It's really, it's a institution of the political Christian right, I would say. So it's always been very closely affiliated with Republican politics. And especially during the Trump administration, it has become a hugely prominent national institution because it's headed by one of the, you know, most prominent and most forceful, eager, evangelical defenders of Donald Trump. So Jerry Falwell Jr. is the president of Liberty University. I know
1: you've interviewed him. Can you just explain a little bit about who he is and his role at the college?
2: Sure. Um, Falwell, of course, is the son. He's Jerry Falwell Jr. to Jerry Falwell, who is a major figure on the Christian right in the 70s, 80s, into the 90s. Um, He inherited the college basically from, I mean, that's not the language they use, but his father founded it. And then he was named the head of the college as soon as his father died in 2007. Is he a pastor too? He is not a pastor. He's very much not a pastor. I think he sees that as giving him license in terms of his language and behavior and just kind of his affect and attitude. But he's he's very non-pastoral in a way that is unusual for a distinctly evangelical college campus like this. What do you mean when you say that? He he doesn't pray in public, which is, again, just very unusual to contrast it to the evangelical college I went to, where the president of the college is very much someone who's comfortable speaking about their own spiritual life, very comfortable with the Bible, like very fluent in the evangelical language and and theology and Falwell is very much not like that he's his the students I was talking to especially last year really viewed him as more like a mascot like they kind of hoot you know Jerry when they see him like there's this like they, they feel a lot of fondness a lot of them he's kind of a popular figure but he's he's more like a kind of celebrity and more like a mascot. Um, But he kind of revels in that, and I I think he likes being seen as someone who kind of has no time for the the normal rules, I guess, in sort of a, a Trumpian way, you might say. Jerry Falwell Jr.'s response to the coronavirus tracks with that of the president.
1: In early March, he downplayed the virus, said he wanted to reopen school to whoever would like to come after spring break. And that's when his faculty began speaking out.
2: A Liberty professor, an English professor named Mary Beth Baggett, wrote an op-ed for Religion News Service and said, like, basically kind of begging the Board of Trustees to overrule Falwell and shut down campus and just making this very forceful argument for why this was an irresponsible thing to do. My conversations with employees there suggest that that maybe influenced quite a few students to then stay home. You know, m- maybe people who had been thinking about coming back read that, trusted her and thought I'm not I'm not coming back into this environment. And then after pressure from the state of Virginia, into a few days into spring break, he did say classes would move online, but still rhetorically was really sending mixed messages in terms of how serious he thought this was. So, we should say that it's not like everyone has flooded back to campus at Liberty University. Right. Like, how many students do you think are on campus right now? The school says as of this last Monday that there were about 1,000 students. They have a very precise number. They say 1,045 students on campus. And then, of course, there's others who live off campus. And they're not going to class, right? They're, like, taking all their classes online. They're just living there. Exactly. They're just living there. Falwell has compared it to, like, basically they're running an apartment complex or a series of apartment complexes rather than a normal college campus. I guess to be fair to Jerry Falwell Jr.,
1: he's sort of stated his intention as almost, almost pastoral, saying, like, we are in a way protecting vulnerable students by having them on campus together. He's he's spoken about a duty not to close the campus's doors to people who may need shelter or need a place to be. Mm
2: -hmm. Do you think that's fair or BS? I think if that were the only, if that had been his consistent message, I think that that's very reasonable. And that's something many other colleges are doing, sort of keeping a bare bones operation running for students who have nowhere else to go. The problem is, is that that new tone has come after weeks of, minimizing and dismissing and joking and kind of swaggering about inviting anyone back who wants to come back. And so that just adds up to this environment of really mixed messages for for students and, and for anyone else watching this. In the last couple of days, it's been reported that at least one student at Liberty
1: tested positive for the coronavirus. Do you think that is what might have changed Jerry Falwell's tone here has he spoken out since that happened
2: (laughs) yes they've spoken out to fiercely deny the new york times reporting on this and publicly demand a correction and issue a slew of press releases kind of offering their own breakdown of the numbers of students with symptoms and who knows what's happening privately um, and whether or not this will motivate them to um, or has has helped motivate them to sort of start taking it more seriously. But publicly, they've used it as an opportunity to push back on, you know, kind of like, this is the New York Times out to get us. But there is one diagnosis. It seems that everyone agrees on that. It's it's a student who's not on campus. Um, and then there's a number of other students, again, somewhat disputed, but who have shown symptoms and are in isolation. Part of why it's so hard to understand what's happening at Liberty is
1: that It's an insular world, not just private, more than that. A lot of the people Ruth relied on for her reporting, they worry that speaking on the record
2: could cost them. I've interviewed a lot of employees at Liberty, and very, very few are willing to speak on the record and use their names a staff member I talked to said silence is job security and just put it that plainly like that you cannot know that you will be safe there if you speak up or dissent in any way and that includes you know things like I would prefer to work from home not because I have a you know a personal like that I'm immunocompromised or anything like that but just I would like to take kind of public health recommendations seriously and self-isolate at this point. So the bar for what sort of counts as dissent is very low there, and there's just a lot of nervousness. Yeah, I was struck by the fact that
1: the woman who wrote that op-ed that you said was so influential, Mary Beth Baggett, the English professor, she was clear that the only reason she felt like she could write it was that she was leaving campus next year.
2: Yes, she has another job. She and her husband actually both teach at Liberty, um, and they've both been pretty outspoken, and they both already previously had announced that they have jobs lined up at another school. So I think that gives her the the freedom to be outspoken. Professors at Liberty don't have tenure. They're on year-to-year contracts, which, of course, makes them much, much warier to speak freely about what they think about the school or, or anything, really. It just makes them vulnerable generally. It it really, really does. So they all—and and there are also, you know, there's plenty of cases of— I think it was last year they sort of slashed the Divinity, the School of Divinity faculty hugely. And so it's not unprecedented for, for them to lose their jobs very suddenly. And certainly hmm. you, you can lose your job for speaking up, or people are very, very afraid of that. So I saw this op-ed in The Washington Post that basically said—
1: What was happening at Liberty University when it came to coronavirus, it reflected this larger issue with evangelical education, which is like a strain of authoritarianism. It said how, you know, Catholic colleges, there's this structure that you turn to when there's a dispute over what to do. But with these evangelical institutions, many of them over the last few decades have started to revolve around singular figures, like the president. Like in this case, that would be Jerry Falwell Jr. I wonder what you think about that.
2: That's really interesting. Yeah, in some ways, a school like Liberty is like a non-denominational megachurch that doesn't answer (laughs) to anyone else, and you have an elder board kind of stocked by people that the founding pastor has handpicked, and so they will never dissent. And then, of course, it's a self-selecting group who are on campus. um, And that self-selecting group of students, by this point, they've all come in during the Trump administration, so they knew what they were getting into. And then there's also just kind of a more general thing about evangelical culture that's just slow to, I would say, to protest or dissent. Um, Last year, I talked to a lot of students who were critical of the administration And it felt like there was a sort of rising level of dissatisfaction with Falwell's leadership then. Um, But even so, the protest that they would put on, you know, on a campus of 15,000 would be maybe a couple dozen students. That's just not the, the lever that they reach to to try to enact change. It's much more about personal conversations, there's there's also a lot of talk at Liberty, a lot of reinforcement from the top about if you have an issue with someone, you go to them directly, um, and that's biblical, but it also can be used as a way of squashing dissent.
1: This interesting debate sort of played out over the course of your writing about coronavirus and Liberty University. Students you spoke to seem to kind of disagree about the motivations of Jerry Falwell Jr. Like, one student said, look at this guy. Like, he went to University of Virginia Law School. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. You know, when he was denying the coronavirus, this was sort of a political move. And then another student was like, you know, I just wonder if he's just sort of a chain email guy like my dad. (laughs) I wondered where you came down, having spoken to Jerry Falwell and having done all this reporting, whether you felt like you understood what was going on any better.
2: <laughs> if I could understand the mind of Jerry Falwell Jr., I i don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd be a wise woman. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the problem is, that I I strongly agree that he's not dumb. He's very savvy. He's educated. He's a college president. He's like moving in education circles in D.C. Like he's just not, I don't think, I really, really don't think he's dumb. So that leaves you with the idea that he must have been able to understand the public health warnings early and that he still was running his institution this way and being so dismissive rhetorically in public, you know, is that just to score a political point, even though he could clearly see the path of this virus? I mean, that that would be so abominable that, and then you run up again, and then it's like, is he that abominable? And that, that's just like, a, I, I don't know his mind. So that's a matter of almost moral judgment, like where you fall on that, because it would be so abhorrent to be able to clearly see the virus's danger and still not just reopen campus in this limited way, but also really minimize it when you know that you're a public voice that people listen to and take seriously. So I guess the answer is I I don't know, but I don't think either of those answers are flattering to him.
1: Ruth Graham, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you, Mary. Ruth Graham covers religion, politics, and so much more for Slate. And that's the show. We've been hearing from all of you about how you're getting through right now.
0: Hey, Mary. This is Beth. I am calling from Michigan, uh, outside of Detroit. Actually, we just moved.
2: Uh, We're a blended family.
1: And uh, we took this opportunity to move in all together. So we have
2: in our house right now
0: a... 21 year old, an 18 year old, and a 6 year old. And let me tell you, that 6 year old is making it tons of fun for the uh, 18 and 21. We're learning to be young again. He gives us great perspective
1: of how to only see the good in the day. So we are doing lots of dancing, lots of games, lots of puzzles. Beth, as a parent who is figuring out how to juggle an 11-year-old and a 5-year-old, thank you for the inspiration. We want to hear from you, too, about how you're coping. Give us a ring, especially if you are seeing something you think could be a story. You can find us at 202-888-2588. Or just tweet at me. I'm at Mary's desk. What Next is produced heroically each and every day by Jason DeLeon, Mara Silvers, Mary Wilson, and Danielle Hewitt. I'm Mary Harris. Catch you back here on Monday.